Hello, and welcome to Covered Credits, the bi-weekly podcast where we discuss books and their movie adaptations. I'm Ian George. And I'm Adina Hilton. In this episode, we'll be discussing Twilight. Twilight was written by Stephanie Meyer and published in 2005. And the film adaptation came out in 2008 and was directed by Catherine Hardwick. And we are so excited to be talking about Twilight with you guys. I am. I'm, ugh. It's, so... First things first, okay? Let's get things started. Yeah, Twilight gets a bad rap. It does. And I'm not saying that any of the Twilight books are good per se. No. But we still in, we've always enjoyed the movies a lot. Mm-hmm. Every time we catch them on TV, we just have to watch them. Yeah, cuz it's so fun. And it's like people love to hate on things. Like yeah. people love to hate on things, mm-hmm. you know. Books and movies and everything else, pretty much. But sometimes it's okay to just enjoy something. And it doesn't have to be, like, high-class literature. It doesn't have to be some art house film, you know? It can just be fun, and you can just enjoy it, and that can be okay. Yeah, and, you know, I think a lot of people who would say they enjoy the Twilight movies are so quick to be like, oh, well, it's ironic. It's in an ironic way. Yeah. But I think that... I don't care about that distinction. No. If it's entertaining, it's entertaining. Yeah. It's doing something right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel the same way about books. So because I work in a library and I'm working towards getting my library degree, like I'm obviously pro books in <laughs> every way. But I think something that speaks really strongly to me is people feeling ashamed about what they're reading. Mm -hmm. And to me, like, though I might criticize certain books or call them out on specific things, you know, I never want to have that mentality where I think if people are reading something that's different than me, then it's less than, you know, that idea that like, oh, chiclet is like not intellectually stimulating mm-hmm. or if you read graphic novels it's not the same or if you listen to audiobooks you're cheating you know nothing like that you know if you like what you're reading then you're reading and that's the important part yeah and I think that's especially an important thing for kids when they're reading young oh yeah you yeah know, I think some parents try to push their kids to read larger or more uh advanced books like yeah. too soon it's like as long as they're reading anything that's great. And you if know? they're enjoying it, like yeah. that's what matters. And that love of reading is the most important thing. So basically what I'm saying is like, I don't care what kind of book or what kind of movie you like, you know, I'm not going to attack that. And I think Mm-mm. it's fine to like those things. Yeah. That being said. <laughs> <laughs> that being said, that doesn't stop me from pointing out some things that I think are worth pointing out. Worth pointing out. In Twilight. Yeah. And we are not here to just talk about how fun twilight is yeah it's it's a i i like all i don't know i haven't watched a twilight movie that i didn't like yeah you know it's so funny because like when the last two came out Mm -hmm. i remember specifically kind of like hanging out with some friends and some people and being kind of like we should just like go see the twilight movie yeah like let's just go to the theater and see it and kind of going and us all kind of like agreeing to it and almost not wanting like one person to be too strongly promoting it you know like not wanting to seem too interested but also kind of being (laughs) like yeah like let's go see it like it seems fun and I kind of want to see what happens you know so well and it's kind of interesting because like it was almost like uh, a similar situation for me in high school uh, slash middle school when this was such a a craze you know and so many of the girls in my classes were reading it and were just like so into it and Mm -hmm. were like you know 
suggesting it and everything. And of course, every guy was like, oh, like rolling their eyes yeah. at it and, <laughs> and scoffing it. Mm-hmm. But I really I was really curious and kind of wanted to read it just because so many people were reading it. Yeah. And were know? interested and I'm loved like, it. I want an opinion on it. I don't want to mm-hmm. just. But I never did get myself. I never did bring myself to actually pick it up. I'm so proud of you, babe. You actually read it for this time. I did. Yeah. yeah. I finally got around to reading it. <laughs> it's funny because, of course, I was obsessed with this when it first came out. It was like the prime age, 15 or 16, when um, the first two were out. Um, and so I just ate them up, loved them, read them, couldn't stop. Um, so, you know, 15-year-old Adina is still present in this review. <laughs> like, she is still there. And 15-year-old mm-hmm. Adina is happy to share this experience with adult Ian. <laughs> yes. Did you feel like 15-year-old Adina, like that part of you that still enjoyed I, it? I could still feel it while I was re- rereading yeah. it. Well, that's yeah. good. Mm-hmm. It's kind of more than I could say <laughs> in some ways, but we'll get into it. So, uh, Twilight, let's... Um, it, it starts off with the main character, Bella. Oh, yes. And just so you guys know, disclaimer, we are only discussing the first book, Twilight. Yes, yes. And the first movie. We will not be discussing things that happen in later books and movies. No. Um, so we're introduced to Bella. Yes. Who is the, who's just your average teenage girl um, <laughs> in. But not so average. <laughs> but not so average yet is still tremendously average. Yes. How? <laughs> <laughs> that beautiful contrast. Yeah. And she moves to Forks, Washington mm-hmm. and to live with her father. Yeah. And it's because her mom just remarried mm-hmm. and her, she kind of wants to give him some space. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. Her mom wants to travel with her new husband, who's a, a minor league ball player. Mm-hmm. And so she decides to kind of let her mom do that, live that part of her life. And she decides to move to Forks with her dad, which is like a super adult decision mm-hmm. for her to make. And they kind of highlight this super early that Bella is not a normal 17 year old girl. You know, yeah. she talks about her mom being like really helpless and quirky and like, forgets everything and like can't really survive on her own and that Bella has kind of been taking care of her a lot during um their life together yeah and you know she kind of translates this role to later on with her dad but she's just she's the mature one you know she is like old and wise beyond her yes. years they definitely push this old soul yeah kind of idea that mm-hmm. she and, and it comes out with her friends too that she's kind of too mature for kind of some of the high school drama drama um and she's always she's takes care so she moves in with her dad yeah and she's always cooking and cleaning oh my god and her her dad he's kind of a very like reserved he's like a stereotypical ha- like affectionate but solitary and removed dad yes so when she first gets to forks he yeah. bought her a pickup truck like mm-hmm. a used uh, kind of beat her pickup truck, but it's perfect for her and she's super happy about it. Yeah. And he can hardly like bring himself to like say like, oh, I bought it because I loved you. He's like, yeah, yeah mm, you know, it's, you know, I thought it's you just thought you might need it. Uh, it's fine. It's, it's fine. Mm. I'm gruff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a man. And, you yeah, know, they really push that. Yeah. And I'm I'm fine with that as a um a starting off point for a character. Yeah. But I think ultimately it just doesn't 
go anywhere or do anything. Yeah, if they did something more with his character. And I think they sort of try to. Yeah. But it's just, the whole book is just Bella cooking dinner for him. Yes. And I, for one, was sick of it. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. I was like... What has Charlie been doing? Yeah, I know. For the last 17 years, because, you know, Bella's mom left when Bella was just a baby, took Bella with her. And Charlie's been on his own ever since. And it's like... Has he just been, like, in a cocoon? Yeah. (laughs) He doesn't cook for himself. He doesn't know how to clean things. Like, they even go into this description of Bella hand-washing the dishes. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) Like, stop. And there's other parts in the book, too, where... Bella goes away for the evening or something and is just like, I'll leave some cold cuts for you in the fridge. And he's like, I'm fine, Bella. I survived on my own before you were here. And Bella makes a comment like, I don't know how. It's just like, oh, men, they can't take care of themselves. Well, more than anything, I think it's just weird that like clearly he has been taking care of himself, even if it's like to a minimal level of human yeah standards but <laughs> keeping himself alive at least i find it more annoying that she gets there and she just has this like instinctive like i have to clean the house and cook food yeah. and like do all these things She's just naturally in a very feminized role yeah and i'm mad at him because he's just like okay and sure i'll just sit on the chair and watch, watch TV. the baseball game <laughs> yeah so yeah and like um Oh, man, I've lost my train of <laughs> <laughs> uh, But it is interesting because, like, Bella's also kind of reserved and, like, doesn't like talking about her feelings and stuff. Yeah. Um, which is surprising given what happens later <laughs> in the book. But um, their, you know, roles are interesting. Mm-hmm. So Bella starts high school. Yes. And we are introduced to a cast of characters. A cast of characters who may seem important, but become not important. We'll quickly, quickly. find out <laughs> how little they matter to anything at all. So we've got her friend Jess. Yeah. Who, in I, I was, I knew she was in the movie. Yeah. But it blew my mind when I saw Anna Kendrick. I know. Uh, playing her friend. Mm-hmm. Um, she's fine. Yeah. I think she, I think she kind of knew the character of Jess a little bit and yeah. she played into it like she is kind of a shallow character yeah. and I think Anna Kendrick kind of is just like let's make her a real bitch like <laughs> yeah let's I'm just gonna go with this uh yeah. so she is good uh should we talk about Mike should we just rip this band-aid off oh yeah Mike aka the worst character that's ever been created <laughs> <laughs> on the screen and on the page <laughs> he just he fall. He immediately clings to her yeah. as the new girl. Mm-hmm. He follows her around trying to be helpful, but she describes she him like a, him to a puppy. Yeah, <laughs> and you and that's a great description because you just know. Yeah, he like tries to be overly chivalrous. He's just like Bella, Bella, Bella. Hey, Bella, it's me, Mike. Hey, Bella, Bella. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of wants to. She's just. She is kind of indifferent, I guess. Yeah. She doesn't want. She doesn't dislike him, and he is friendly enough, and I think she's glad for the company. But yeah, but um, she's not interested romantically. No, and not so at all. The whole book, or at least the parts where she's at school in the book, um, she just is doing this dance where she has to like keep him at bay from yeah. like trying to make out with her basically but also not hurt his feelings too much she's always having to think about his feelings yeah which is really frustrating it is it's like get the hint mike like she told you she doesn't want to go to the dance with you like she said no yeah this is honestly the biggest arc 
of a- that any character plays is this whole thing involving a dance. Yeah. Because Mike asks her to the dance. Yeah. And she just lies. She's like, I'm not going to be in town. Yeah. And he's like, oh, well, you sure? Like, why do you have to go? And <laughs> and then so then there's another friend, a guy friend, Eric, yeah. who I as far as I'm concerned, is totally devoid of characteristics. No, there's nothing to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he asks Bella to the dance and she's yeah. like. No, I already told Mike. And then another character, Tyler, asks mm-hmm. her to the dance. And it's just like this whole thing where we're supposed to think that Bella's a little ordinary, but at the same time, like, all the boys want to date her. Yeah. And I mean, I would just uh, assume that's because she's the new girl. Yeah. I mean, I, I know I know the book's trying to make her up to be, you know, more than she ordinary, sees in herself. yet beautiful and mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. But, like... If that's the whole purpose of this entire plot point, Mm -hmm. it is like a hundred pages of like plot and content. I feel like the characters in the movie, the school characters are better in the movie than in the book. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. And that might be counterintuitive because there's less time for them in the movie. That's why they're better. But (laughs) no, but it's just like they don't do anything in the book. No. And in the movie, they don't really do anything either. But I don't know, like, Eric had more personalities on the school newspaper, you know. Um, Jessica was just kind of funnier, I guess. Yeah. And yeah, Mike, she wasn't as um, kind of, I don't know what to, uh, not bitchy, but she wasn't as, uh, I'm, you know what I'm saying? No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Hemingway. <laughs> uh, no, I, I agree. I think having actors embody those characters just kind of brought them to life a little They're bit more. They're less flat. And there's less scenes with Mike trying to get with Bella. Yeah. Like, there's the part where he asks her to the dance in the movie. And then he's kind of, like, talking to her at the beginning when she first moves there. But, like, everyone kind of is. So it doesn't stand out too much. And then after that, he kind of backs off. And it's not... We don't see much of Mike anymore. He's yeah. not constantly, like, trying to talk to her and get her to do things with him and everything, so... But honestly, just the whole setup of school and her friends... It takes so much time in the book. It does. And this was my biggest problem, I think, with the writing of the book. Yeah. Is that it's this really stream of consciousness mm-hmm. kind of writing yeah. where she literally doesn't ever drop, at least at the beginning, she does a little bit more later. Drop the narration. Yeah, where it's... <laughs> she's, so it's crazy because, like, you start to learn. Like, I learned way too much about, like, her her school day routine. <laughs> like, it starts off in English class or trig. I'm not sure which class it was. I kind of forget. And then she always runs into Mike and they kind of have, you know, a, a, an encounter where Mike's being really annoying. And then she always goes to, like, lunch, like, almost directly after that. And then fall. And then she'll, like, see Edward, like, across the, the room. And then after lunch, she goes to she goes to biology, always biology after lunch where she sits with Edward <laughs> And then they always have like a uh, and then after biology, she goes to gym and then after gym, she goes home, which is bullshit because that's only two classes, <laughs> two classes after lunch. No one ever only has two class, two periods after lunch. But then she goes home and then she like talks to Charlie and then she cooks dinner and then she does some homework and then she's up thinking about stuff and then she goes to sleep and immediately the next morning she wakes up again and she cooks breakfast for Charlie before he leaves early and then she goes back to school in the parking lot and stuff happens. And then she goes back to first period. Oh, my God. <laughs> Great. <laughs> that's like it's that that cycle it is and, it does it's very repetitive and at things the happen but we always go to gym yeah we always have to know what she's doing in gym yeah or always what 
happens in lunch, even like, if just Edwards, skip it. yeah, skip gym class, <laughs> skip, put a break between yeah. the paragraphs and just jump ahead in time to the next event that happens. Yeah. And there's a lot of descriptions of her like doing her homework. Yeah. Like being at home and like doing her homework and then like making dinner, you know, stuff like that. That's yeah. sort of like, OK. And not even that much is happening in certain points in this narrative. Yeah. Like, there's just kind of hints of Edward at this point. Yeah. Like, she sees him, and he acts weird, and then he's gone for a while, and mm-hmm. and then he's back, and then he talks to her once. And, like, those are the main points of this entire yeah, narrative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's way too little content pulled out over a really long time. And, like, you're not interested because Bella is not interested. Like, she's clearly not interested no. in anything that she's doing. She's so She's apathetic. not interested in her friends at all. She's always, like, only half listening to Jessica and Mike and to her other friends. She's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, whatever, sure, okay. Like, mm-hmm. she just doesn't care. The only thing she cares about is Edward. And so that whole part makes even more boring because you don't care about what's happening. Bella doesn't care what's happening. Yeah. And this is why the movie's way more effective at this point in the story. Yeah. We see her once in gym class and we know she's a total klutz. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the only time we see her in gym class. Yeah. That's enough. <laughs> and then we get a few scenes of her in biology with Edward that mm-hmm. are significant. Some scenes outside of the school. In the parking lot. In the parking lot. But yeah. every scene is has some amount of significance to it. To the to what's happening in the story. Also in the movie, we get that cool biology teacher. She is the best biology <laughs> teacher. Oh my god, he's awesome. He takes them on a field trip to like a composting place where they learn about <laughs> how to compost and like plant things. It's so amazing. And he's fun and he's yeah. cool and he's like, here's the compost water. Don't drink it, guys. <laughs> it's so fun. I'm like, oh my god, this is much better than the book. I was so glad at the at the end credits of the movie yeah the way the credits are set up they show um still images of each actor or character from the movie with the actor's name yeah and they gave him a spot right at the very end oh the good cool, the cool biology teacher i was so glad to see him that was such a highlight it just made things more interesting yeah it did They're i like, was oh we're on a, a school field trip <laughs> like let's do this yeah i was like i want to know about composting <laughs> yeah uh So this daily routine is interrupted by Bella's uh, interactions with Edward. Dramatically. Yeah. So she spots Edward and his family. Yeah. And she's like. Across the lunchroom. Who are those pale Adonises? (laughs) And they're like. (laughs) (laughs) That's the Cullens. They don't hang out with us. Yeah. And she's immediately infatuated and following her introduction to Edward in her biology class, uh, Edward is super weird to her. Yeah. In the movie, he makes like this great face (laughs) where he just acts like he's smelled like the worst smell or that he's possibly like jizzed in his pants. We don't (laughs) know. (laughs) That sudden boner like (laughs) expression. It's great. But yeah, he just some for some reason hates her and won't talk to her and is like really annoying towards her. And she's like, but why? And this is like what gets her attention about him. Yeah. And it's in a negative way at first, but it still like causes causes this infatuation. Yeah. Because he stops coming to class for like three days after that. Yeah. And she's like, did I do that? <laughs> did I do that? She's <laughs> <laughs> like, why would he? Is this because of me somehow? Also, he's so beautiful. Yeah. We get a lot of descriptions of Edward. Yeah. Um, about that. <laughs> I 
at a certain point in the story, I just was so done with it. Yeah. I was so done with every description of his voice, his eyes, yeah. his piercing eyes, his lips, his lips, the way he uh, what he um, stuns her. Oh, yeah. Dazzles. Dazzles. He the dazzles way he dazzles her. her <laughs> and he argues in a handsome voice and <laughs> just every adjective yeah. about him is kind of and it's perfect. so repetitive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His perfect lips and teeth and I forehead it just it becomes yeah. really they talk about his shiny teeth a few times too they do <laughs> and it's kind of I don't I don't know it felt like a lot of points like as a substitution for like any kind of characteristics yeah about him that are positive it's mm-hmm. like well well he's pretty he's pretty <laughs> <laughs> he's like you're a stupid idiot he said in a beautiful voice that <laughs> that made my heart flutter yeah. and that's the other thing is them mentioning her reactions physically to him yeah constantly mm-hmm. she's so frail yeah, that's another thing we didn't mention is she's super clumsy mm-hmm. and she's like, oh, I can't even walk. I'm like so delicate and I just fall all the time. I trip over flat surfaces and yeah. that's why I'm not good in gym class. That's why and... I'm adorable, though. <laughs> it's my special quirk. And and so it just like invites men to try to come in and save her. She's always almost dying. Yeah, um, specifically Edward. Yeah. Because during their whole... Um, weirdly standoffish, flirty meeting moment. Yeah. Um, she almost gets crushed by a car in oh, a high yeah. school parking lot. Yeah. Because it hits ice going too fast and Edward jumps in the way mm-hmm. and stops it. Yeah. Uh, I really liked this moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, I thought the effect was good. Yeah. And I thought it was filmed well. It clearly established him like across the parking lot. Mm-hmm. She was looking at him and then he's like, over there and it's dramatic and yeah even the music during that part was like decent mm-hmm. uh but yeah so he he saves her life in a superhuman way yeah and she is insistent on finding out what is up with him yeah and how he was able to do that mm-hmm. and so this begins their deepening deepening relationship yeah it's when he kind of starts talking to her a little more and being more open with her ish um, he likes to just say things that don't mean anything. And Bella's like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I know. He's like he speaks in like the most ridiculous riddles. Of yeah. Dialogue. Like, Stay away from me. She's like, OK, but why? He's like, I can't tell you. <laughs> and it's so funny because on multiple times she says that he speaks like someone from a different age. Yeah. I'm like, does he? Does he? I didn't pick up on that. I think he's just confusing. Yeah. I don't know if I you... think he just says things and <laughs> Bella's just like, what does that mean? Yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> so should we talk about their dynamic a little bit more and why it's so problematic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, where to begin? I mean, I think it just a lot of it is because of their characters and Mm -hmm. the way that they're portrayed. You know, Bella is very um, portrayed as very feminine in the way that she is kind of shy and quiet and nurturing and et cetera. Very compassionate, empathetic, all uh, stereotypically feminine traits. And Edward is pretty stereotypically masculine, you know kind of moody, brooding, um, yeah. 
sort of in control and demanding. Yeah, and even more than just being stereotypically masculine, it's like a clearly like problematic and troubling relationship in yeah, a lot of ways. it is, yeah. He's constantly telling her what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always informing her of how dangerous he is. Yeah. Yet he's always approaching her, mm-hmm. like following her in the halls, being, being like, you should stay away from me. I'm bad. <laughs> I'm dangerous. As he's like walking next to her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, we shouldn't be friends. And he's he's constantly snickering at her like he knows more than she does Mm -hmm. and is sort of like using that knowledge against her or holding it over her head in a way like they're not on an equal playing field of course physically because of the whole vampire thing but like (gasps) edward's a vampire (laughs) it says it on the back cover ian yeah (laughs) i know we haven't talked about it yet but we all know um but like in terms of their knowledge and emotionally as well. I mean, he's 108 years old for starters. <laughs> I mean, like he has he holds all the cards. Yeah. You know, Bella do- has nothing except her like smelling nice, you know, like that's the only thing that she is going for her in mm-hmm. their relationship basically, you know. Yeah, it's um it's just so frustrating cuz his mood swings and you know, he, he's constantly shifting emotions. Oh, yeah. Frequently. Frequently. From and being they, really upset about something, like he, he gets set off. Really and, easily. Yeah, and it's worth, she acknowledges this. Yes. In the story, Bella does. I have a quote. Okay, I'm yeah. Read. Yeah, so she talks about his mood swings a lot, but one specific quote I thought was really interesting. She said, it was hard to keep up. His sudden mood changes left me always a step behind, dazed. So she was like, she's afraid of setting him off Mm -hmm. and you know we know the reason for his mood shifts it's because he's very tortured and (laughs) we get (laughs) it very sad and he thinks that he's a monster and he doesn't want her to be one too and he's trying to protect her but he also is madly in love with her blah 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 we understand but instead of explaining those things to bella he just gets angry and snaps at her yeah and then bella's like what did I do wrong? Yeah. You know? and he doesn't communicate. Her. Yeah. And it's just kind of set up to be, oh, he's mysterious. Yeah. Which is really problematic, especially when you consider that it's this book is aimed towards teenage girls. Yeah. And I mean, I know when I was in high school and girls were reading this, they were like, oh, Bella or Ed- <laughs> <laughs> Bella's the perfect girl. No, they're like Edward is like the perfect guy like I mean literally like they were saying things like that yeah and I'm not saying that means they're gonna like run out and like date a guy in real life who is like that yeah but I do think it's problematic that it's kind of establishing these ideas as good or normal and I mean it's kind of like a traditional relationship in a lot of ways it is like with him having more of the power and Bella sort of just like accepting everything that he is Mm -hmm. and not really caring if he's like an asshole or a monster. She's just like, oh, but I love him. And like, that's all that matters. Yeah. And it's like, well. <laughs> and that love is only won by like saving her life. Yeah. Because that's her character is she's just clumsy 
and somehow manages to like get into all kinds of trouble. Yeah. This happens again later. She goes with a couple of friends mm-hmm. uh, to go dress shopping with them. She's not going to the dance, but she goes dress shopping. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Just <laughs> the one quote in it was. Oh, yeah. She talked about like needing this girl time or something, and she described it as an estrogen rush. Yeah. She's like, the estrogen rush was invigorating. <laughs> I was like. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But she, so she goes to this, uh, like nearby town to go shopping. Yeah. And she leaves them briefly to go to a bookstore. And while she's out around town, she somehow manages to wander into a maze of like warehouses. Yeah. She's like in a New York City alleyway, (laughs) being stalked by like four, like, assaulting dudes yeah like rapists cornering her and like clearly you know wanting to attack her and Mm -hmm. of course edward shows up just the right moment to possibly run them over with his car Mm -hmm. possibly not (laughs) (laughs) and so he saves her but this is where it's revealed that he stalks her yeah he follows her and he watches her when she sleeps yeah and this just adds more problems. I mean, it's convenient that he stalked her at this moment because he saved her. Yeah. <laughs> but he's always getting mad at her, too. Like, he's totally victim-blaming her he the is. whole time. Yeah, he's like, why are you, like, a trouble magnet? And she's like, I mean, like, what am I supposed to say? <laughs> yeah, I was almost just assaulted by four men in an alleyway, and you're gonna give me shit for it, Edward? Yeah, yeah. And then... He's so enraged by the incident that he asks her to calm him down. Yeah, talk him out of it. Yeah. So after this incident, they go to a restaurant. And I do want to say that um, I think Edward in the movie is better than Edward in the book. I think so, too. He just has less time to talk. That's true. (laughs) Um, I do think his mood swings are less, though. Yeah. He has his... Broody moments. He has his broody moments and his angry moments, but it's less frequent, I yeah, feel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a good example of, he still does that whole thing in the car where he's like, call me down. Yeah. But after they go to uh, the restaurant where she was supposed to meet her friends, mm-hmm. and in the book, Edward is like, you you need Grumpy to eat. Grumpy and angry. Yeah, yeah, he's like, you need to eat something. It'll make you feel better. She's like, I'm not hungry. He's like, no, you'll feel better. Eat something. Yeah. And Practically drags her into the restaurant. Yeah, and at least in the... Um, in the movie, Edward's like, would you like to eat something? Yeah. You might feel better. <laughs> so I do think he's a little bit more uh, accommodating. Yeah. Less stereotypically abusive. Yeah. And I feel like one of the more annoying scenes to me of like his controlling behavior was when, you know, they have just like kissed or made out or something and Bella wants to drive her truck back and Edward won't let her drive her own truck back yeah because he's like oh no like you're too dizzy from like me running through the woods with you like and you're drunk on my kisses so (laughs) I'm gonna drive yeah and it's just like he basically was like no no we're not even gonna discuss this like (laughs) I'm driving you so something we wanted to talk about a little bit because it's it's a it's a current event regarding twilight oh yeah and that is uh stephanie meyer releasing a gender-bent version of twilight yes called life and death Mm -hmm. which which it goes along with the 10th anniversary edition so it's just packaged together yeah Mm -hmm. so you, you get a book that's twilight 
and then you turn it around. And if that wasn't enough for you, it's more Twilight. It's more Twilight again, <laughs> just with Microsoft Word find and replace. Yeah. <laughs> Bella for Bo and Edward for Edith. Edith. Yeah. Uh, but it's so the interesting thing about this is in interviews, mm-hmm. uh, she was talking about why she wanted to write this story, and she said that uh, part of it was you know after the books. After the movies came out, she kind of felt disconnected from the characters and being able to write for them. Mm -hmm. And so uh, flipping the genders of the characters kind of caused her to like think of the characters differently and kind of reinvigorate. Reconnect to the story. Rediscover them kind of, Mm -hmm. which is fine, whatever. Yeah, as like a writing exercise maybe. (laughs) Sure. Uh, Not what I would release probably. But the other thing that was brought up in multiple interviews is she brings up the fact or Maybe the interviewers bring it up, but I feel like it's because she's brought it up before. Yeah. Is she says that because she was criticized for the gender roles. Yeah. Of the, the power dynamic. And the power dynamic of the characters in the books. This, she says that this is an example that they're just people, not these gender roles. Because if you switch them, suddenly they're just people. Well, what she's trying to show is that the imbalance in power is only because Edward is a vampire. Oh, that's Not yeah, because that's a, he's a man. Mm-hmm. So by making a female vampire and a male human, she's trying to show that the female, the vampire still has the power in the relationship. Yeah, and this just is... <sighs> so she just like rewrote the book to prove a point. To prove a point. She wrote an entire <laughs> novel to disprove a point, which doesn't disprove it. Because if you write a character or a story where the characters fall into certain stereotypes based on either their race or their gender. Yeah. And then you're like, well, if they were a different race or gender, you wouldn't be saying this, would you? It's like, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. But like you didn't do that the yeah, first time. Yeah. Like I... I wish she had written it this reversal way. Yeah, it would have been, been interesting. Yeah, no, I haven't. Neither of us has read it. No. But I think of, you know, a, a powerful kind of dangerous female character yeah. and a guy who's maybe like uh, maybe more vulnerable. Yeah. And kind and of nurturing like, and, possibly. and nurturing mm-hmm. like that'd be interesting because that's a, a flipping of your expectations for like the gender roles. Yeah, it's like just because flipping it people would like better doesn't mean the first one is also okay yeah because yeah <laughs> the first time you did it you put them in those roles yeah like, and it's you know we don't need another character like Bella we don't need another character like Edward you know just these same structures and everything mm-hmm. I don't know I think it's interesting because I don't think Stephanie Meyer intentionally set out to write these stereotypical characters no i don't think she did i think you know society and like her culture and religion ended up influencing a lot um but i don't know (laughs) yeah i just think that to and also i mean to be perfectly honest i don't think this is even why she wrote it i think she wrote it just to kind of even you know make some money off the 10th anniversary to be honest i think that was probably yeah she wanted a release she still wants to and that's fine like more power to her i don't really think she did it t- entirely to prove this point mm-hmm. um but to me to try to connect that point to this story is kind of a non and def- deflect criticism you know and yeah be like no i i didn't do this thing you know 
yeah, it's it certainly doesn't change anything from my perspective of the about original the source material. No, no. And it's, it's interesting. We haven't really talked about Stephanie Meyer too much, but um, for anyone who doesn't know, she is a Mormon mm-hmm. and, you know, grew up very conservative and religious, et cetera. Went to a religious school, married pretty early and then had three children, um, youngish, and then sort of always liked to read. And then she had a dream about a vampire and a girl talking together about how their relationship would work together. And when she woke up from the dream, she just like had to write it down. So this became the story. Mm-hmm. And she actually wrote the book in about three months, three, four months. Yeah. Um, so it was very quick, very stream of consciousness. And you can tell, like, yeah, reading I think it, it, it definitely has that shows mm-hmm. because there's pacing problems with this story. Yeah. The book specifically, like really problematic ones. Yeah. Because. As we've said, you know, this whole beginning part of her in school and yeah. meeting people and Ugh. friends and just the you dance. mentioning it. I'm just like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, like this whole setting of where she meets Edward is just that it's a setup. It's just a set. And yeah. then at about this point in the story, it's all dropped. Yep. We like never hear from her school friends again. <laughs> no. Uh, Jess yeah. calls once yeah. on the phone mm-hmm. uh, and Basically, wants to talk about the dance. Wants to talk about the dance. And Bella's like, wait, oh, that's still happening? Like, the school world is still out there? Sorry. And, like, the reader is having the same reaction. They're like, we've just had, like, 200 pages of just Bella and Edward talking in a meadow. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else is happening in the world. Yeah. And so, at this point in the story, Edward, they're more serious. They had this whole meadow talk. Yeah. That's really... Dramatic. Dramatic. And And him being like, oh, you shouldn't be with me, but maybe I'll eat you still. I'm not sure. And Bella's like, okay. (laughs) It is is compelling a bit in some ways. Yeah. Because it is, you do get the sense of like, this is the moment for Edward, whether he decides to Mm -hmm. eat her or date her. Yes. A problem many of us have (laughs) Have on a daily basis. So something that I have read and something I was thinking about too and other people have pointed out. About how this is almost sort of like a metaphor for sex, Mm. like sexuality in teens, like almost this dangerous, like playing with fire type thing where it's Hmm. like, we shouldn't be together. Yes, we should. I can't stay away. And like them trying to dance around it kind of. And that vampire danger is almost like dangers of sex and and kind of budding teenage sexuality. Yeah, which is interesting and worth noting because they are so over all over each other. Oh, yeah. This entire story. Oh my God. <laughs> and but they do not bang. They do not. It does not fit our. Did they bang? Did they bang? <laughs> now, neither of them dies at the end of the story. Yeah. But I feel like you can still have that criteria based because on she until the end died. of <laughs> until the yeah she almost died yeah. and by the end of the story they still haven't banged yeah so well and like there's so many scenes where that would kind of be how things should go or would normally go yeah and you know i get it they're both like there's more to think about than just their personal decision about whether they want to have sex you know edward's all about this whole like wanting to protect her and not wanting to hurt her and sex would be too much for him um, but it does sort of feel more like an abstinence thing. Yeah. Instead of just like 
I'm I don't want to hurt you. Your whole mentioning of uh, Stephanie Myers being more Meyer Mormon. being Mormon. Uh, it definitely shows, I think, through the arc of the entire series. Yeah, because it is very traditional in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, uh, which is surprising uh, given that it's a vampire human relationship story, but and she, you know, kind of explains it like he's sort of old fashioned because he was born in like 1901, you know. Yeah, and Bella like wants to have sex with him, but of course Edward gets to make all the decisions in their relationship. So what she says does not matter. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> but there's so many scenes where they're like really like. You know, they're they're really in the foreplay stage. You know, mm-hmm. he's like kissing her neck and her ear and it's very sexual. Yeah. I'm like, how could you not have sex like after yeah. all and of this foreplay? And then he gets mad at Bella for like trying to make out with him too much. And, and he's she's like, ah! like, what do you want from me? Like, you've been like n- kissing my neck all afternoon. Like, I don't know what you expect. <laughs> he's like, no, you took it too far, Bella. This is this is on you. Uh, so. This kind of gets into uh, the vampire part of the story, right? Yeah. yeah. So um, basically the high school and high school kids are swapped out for vampires Mm -hmm. where we meet Edward's extended family. And this is after Edward and Bella's long, or I guess this is part of Edward and Bella's long weekend together. Yeah. This continued half of the book. Huge part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. So Bella goes and meets uh, Edward's family. And so I had to write them down so I don't forget. Uh, You have Edward's parent. Now, the, the whole story is that Edward and his three siblings who attend the school were adopted. Four siblings. Four? Yeah, he has four siblings. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you uh, wrote them down, Ian. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because I, I didn't include Edward. That's why <laughs> I was counting it wrong. <laughs> he His four siblings. So there's Edward and then Alice and Jasper mm-hmm. uh, and then Rosalie and Emmett. Yeah. And it's weird. And I'm glad the movie acknowledged this yes. because Alice and Jasper are together as a couple and yeah. Rosalie and Emmett are together. Yeah. And luckily Jess is like, yeah, isn't it weirdly incestual that, that they live together? They're siblings like legally Adopted siblings and they live together, but they're totally going out. Yeah. Am I the only one who thinks that's weird? <laughs> <laughs> it was a good line. It was. I'm like, yes, thank you. Yeah. And Esme and Carlisle are the parents who have adopted. Mm-hmm. Yes. These. And Carlisle is this super handsome young doctor. Oh, yeah. And uh, Esme just is at home. Is a mom. <laughs> She's a mom. She's a mom. <laughs> so uh, we get we're, we're introduced to them. And I, I really these are more characters. Oh, yeah. They're more interesting than anyone at the school. You tell you can tell that. Stephanie Meyer actually cares about these characters and Bella actually cares about these characters because we get like backstory. We get like personality traits. We get like interrelationships to each other. Huh? (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's, um, and it's really disappointing because I'm like, I wish we could have had these characters sprinkled in a little earlier yeah, in the story. Yeah, they're not introduced at all. They just keep the their end. distance the whole story until this moment. And that yeah. that's what adds to this weird shift mm-hmm. where suddenly it's, oh, all of these characters you now know and all the other ones are gone. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Jasper... Two of them have... So we didn't even talk about Edward's ability to read minds. Oh, yeah. What's Edward, wrong with us? Edward can read minds, except Bella's. Except Bella's. <laughs> That's why okay. she's special. I know we weren't going to talk about other books, but I have to know, 
Do we get a reason why Bella's mind can't be read? Yes. Is it like Futurama? Is she her own grandmother? No. Or? <laughs> no. She she just like has basically uh, a barrier around her mind. Okay. Yeah. I was just I was really curious if they were gonna like expound on that anymore. It's like kind of explained, but kind of not explained because like Alice can see her in visions. You know? Yeah. And she's not blocked from that. And also Jasper can, like, influence her with his, like, emotions because he can influence people to feel, like, angry, sad, emotional. So, like, she's not being blocked from them. Yeah. Just Edward and, like, some other later vampires that show up. And this is a huge driving force for why he loves her because he can't, he doesn't know what she's thinking. Yeah. Just hears TV static (laughs) the whole time. (laughs) So, anyway... So Edward has that power, which yeah. is unique. Mm-hmm. Jasper has the power to influence. Emotions. Yeah, like you said. And then Alice can see the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Emmett and Rosalie are just normal, boring vampires. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one of them is strong and one of them is stubborn. That's <laughs> what yes. they say. <laughs> uh, but we find out about Carlisle, the dad. Oh, yeah. Who is, I wanted a book about Carlisle. No, Carlisle is the most interesting vampire. By far. Yeah. So we find out that he was the son of a priest in the, what was it, 1400s? 1400s? I don't know. And they would like hunt vampires and like, and he was like, mostly we just killed innocent people (laughs) who couldn't defend themselves. (laughs) But uh, they did eventually like find like a coven of vampires in the sewers. Mm -hmm. And while they were hunting them, uh, he was bitten and attacked and he hid because he knew he'd be killed for being like tainted. Yeah. And so he was, um, uh, he be, he turned into a vampire mm-hmm. and then <laughs> tried to kill himself but couldn't because he's a vampire now and yeah. is in, indestructible. Uh, but he kind of eventually realized that he could just survive off, off animal blood mm-hmm. and like learn to like rein in his like animal animalistic cravings. Yeah, and he goes on this like hundreds of year journey mm-hmm. to like master his thirst for human blood so that he can become a doctor and help people. And I'm like, wow, that is amazing. Yeah, like I love this. He has like. A calling, you know, I, I'm always like, what do vampires do? Like, <laughs> what do they do? Yeah. They don't sleep. They don't eat. So they don't care about, you know, food or rest or, you yeah. know, they don't have jobs, really. They just kind of like wander around, eat people mm-hmm. and like be moody. Or attend high school over and over, <laughs> over, and, and, over, and, over and over again. <laughs> but Carlisle, you know, Carlisle is like. This is my calling. Like, yeah. this is what I'm meant to do. I'm meant to be a doctor. And it it gives me satisfaction and it fulfills my life. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> I want I want more of this. I want more vampires like having something to do. <laughs> yeah. And all we find out about Edward is like, oh, I was going to die of the Spanish influenza. Yeah. And then Carlisle saved me. Yeah. And then, you know, I just kind of hung out until I came to Forks. But he really likes music. Yeah, that's, that's like the only interesting it is. It's his only it's his thing. <laughs> it's their thing, I guess, because she likes music, too. But not really. <laughs> not really. <laughs> She's like, I listen to CDs <laughs> <laughs> only as much as like a normal person. <laughs> so, yeah, so we we find out about uh, Carlisle mm-hmm. and Esme because he he would only turn people into vampires if they were like on death's door yeah. and they were going to die anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of how this coven came together and they all got together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
yeah, it's this interesting portion of the book. It's one of the most interesting portions of the book is yeah. finding out about these characters. This is a really great scene in the movie where they come to the house and the Cullens are trying to cook in their <laughs> kitchen. And it's great. I'm like, yes, I want more scenes of them like trying to do human things. Like, yeah. yes, it's so fun. And they're like in the kitchen. They're like, ooh, cutting up some noodles or whatever. I think they're yeah. making like spaghetti or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and then I, Bella has to ruin it and just be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not hungry. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I love um, Jasper. Jasper is the newest oh member of the coven. Yes. And so he's like having the hardest time holding himself back from, from killing people. From killing people. <laughs> so it's good. He's just attending a public school. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> when, So if anyone goes, it's at just least boring high school. Pri- yeah. <laughs> so at least it's not a private school. But, uh. It, when we're introduced to Jasper, when uh, uh, Jessica is naming off the Cullens at the beginning of the movie, yeah. she's like, and the one who's look, who looks like he's in constant pain is Jasper. <laughs> yeah. And it's true. It's he, so true. He kind of has this dazed, like, stunned, kind of uncomfortable look to him. Wounded deer, possibly. Which, which makes sense, because he's probably, like, putting all of his willpower in not eating people. Yeah. So. But it's great. The actor totally commits to it. He's just, like, mm, all the time in the background of scenes. It's just Jasper just having this, like, pained expression <laughs> on his face. Yeah. It's and wonderful. I also want to say, while we're talking about vampires, this is, comparing to the other movies, I think this is some of the, this is, like, the best vampire makeup, I think. Yeah. It, it gets real bad at some point, I think during Eclipse. Yeah, yeah. Um, the makeup isn't too bad in this one. They're pale, but... And, and I also think it's the way it's filmed. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of... This movie has, like, very distinct colorization. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's very, you know, a lot of blues and kind of a cold, like, saturation to all of the colors. Yeah. Which I, I like, you know, it's at least... It's something. Yeah, and it feels less... And it's so hard to kind of put your finger on, for me anyway, who doesn't is not super familiar with like movie cinematography Mm -hmm. and filming, but just like it feels less money. Yeah. Yeah. It does. (laughs) Like it feels less like stupid, pointless things that money does in movies. Mm -hmm. You know, like the the tone visually is cooler and darker. It's not like these wide, like brightly lit shots. You know, there's like this interesting tone and it really affects the environment um and the mood yeah of the movie too F- forks feels like a really cool setting and location yeah that has a feel to it in this movie as opposed to the other ones i guess yeah and it, it feels like a very indie movie it does it's a lot of handheld camera shots mm-hmm. the camera's constantly tilting into like dutch angles which yeah. is just when the camera's tilted yeah uh but you know it, it's it's not the I wouldn't say it's the best, but it's at least something. It at least makes it interesting. It's a stylistic choice. Yeah. Whereas I feel like later movies that are so much more big budget Hollywood are just devoid of any personality or style in in, in certain ways. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I feel like this one was at least uh, a director with a vision. Yeah. And like good music choices, too. I think the soundtrack is really good. The soundtrack is very good. Mm -hmm. Uh, So can we talk about baseball? Yes, let's talk about baseball. The great American vampire pastime. <laughs> Who doesn't enjoy base- baseball? Certainly vampires enjoy it. Yes. So <laughs> I just, I just, I, why baseball? I just don't, I, I, I love it. I'm, I love it. I'm guessing maybe because it's like an older sport. 
I guess. Is it older than other Maybe. sports? Though? I don't know. I feel like when I think of like the 1920s, I, I think of baseball. I think it's funny. I This, <laughs> this is my theory. Yeah. Is that these vampires came to America at some point or, yeah. you know, in America and they're like, we have to fit in we have to be american okay all everyone needs to learn how to play baseball yes and we're gonna eat hamburgers every day (laughs) or pretend to eat hamburgers but that's my theory because when they when they get together to play this baseball game they are all wearing like these pinstripe kind of yankee uniforms that look like they're from the 1920s they look like they're from the 20s and they look so goofy but I love it because in the movie, this scene is just, I feel like the director is like, we're just going to give in to the we're gonna goofiness. We're going to do it. Yeah, commit to it. It's going to be silly. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Yeah. And it is silly as shit. And yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's just vampires playing baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I will say the effects of the super speed in this movie are rough. Yeah. Not good. Not, I mean, yeah. They kind of have this like, overly blurred effect to them when they run yeah and it's just it's very and i mean i'll be i'll be real uh i think that's one of the hardest effects to get even in big budget yeah movies for some reason it's tough to convey someone moving at super fast speed in a way that doesn't look stupid yeah so i'll give them some i'll give them leeway (laughs) but all of this is on display in the baseball game Mm -hmm. and i should have looked up what the song is but they played this amazing song during it, too. Okay, and then now the villains enter the story. <laughs> yes, they hear the fun shenanigans of baseball playing, and they emerge from the woods. Now with 150 pages left to go in a 500-page book, Stephanie Meyer is like, hmm, maybe there should be like some kind of conflict that happens, yeah. like besides Edward being like, I'm moody. <laughs> Maybe I should just shoehorn a villain into this. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Now, I will give the movie credit, though. I will, too. They did a better job of establishing uh, these villainous vampires uh, attacking people in the town. Yeah. As this story is progressing. Yeah. They show them kind of like throughout the movie. There's scenes of them kind of, you know, attacking someone. And then there's scenes of charlie bella's dad because he's the chief of police kind of investigating Mm -hmm. people are worried and they're like what's going on and you know this is something that bella like asks edward about later um once she realizes that he's a vampire she's like you know who who is like doing all these killings is it another vampire and they're like yeah it's an evil vampire (laughs) yeah i felt like that could have played a little bit more into um their conflict yeah. or their like issues like maybe she believes it's That's them what i was wondering too. yeah i was like she's doing all this research trying to like research to yeah. figure out if he's a vampire or not and like there's these killings going on and she can clearly link them but she doesn't bring that up to edward at all she's not worried that like he's the one that's killing people mm-hmm. but i do like that they have it kind of speckled throughout the movie because it does it makes the film more interesting because it's like ooh something like interesting is going to happen later or there's yeah. like action that's coming up you know whereas in the book it was just like Edward 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 love 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 Edward love 
and then evil vampires. Alice mentions once about seeing vampires coming to yeah. their area, and that's and that feels like Stephanie Myers backtracked and like inserted a random line about that. But yeah. uh, so these vampires show up. The vampires are <clears throat> I'm definitely remembering this off the top of my head. James uh Vic Victory? Victoria. Uh, Victoria. <laughs> Can you not read your own writing? Uh what do you mean? And Laurent? Laurent. Laurent. <laughs> wow. I am one for three. <laughs> it was James too. <laughs> so these three barefooted feral kind of vampires emerge from the woods and they're like we want to play baseball we also love baseball (laughs) as you know as you know all vampires love baseball and we'd love to play baseball with you (laughs) um but then they catch a whiff they catch a whiff of bella bella's stank (laughs) yeah she smells real good yep and the one vampire, it, it all happens real suddenly. Yeah. But they kind of rush Bella out of there. The other vampires agree they're not going to hunt anyone yeah. in the area. The uh, other vampire, Laurent. Yes, Laurent uh, agrees not to hunt anyone. And they get Bella out of there because they don't want things to escalate. And But Edward's freaking out. Yeah. Edward's like losing his shit. And, he's, mm-hmm. and it works, this part. Even though it's very convenient, but yeah. Edward's like, I read his mind. Yeah, he he smelled you, mm-hmm. and he's a tracker. And he saw how we all try to protect you. So now he's like, oh, this is like the perfect game. Yeah, to try to kill the this human where all these vampires are trying to protect her for some unknown reason. Yeah, it's the motives are like what? Yeah, but the. You know, the way Edward, like, immediately knows because he reads his mind. Yeah. It works well enough, but it's still kind of this random vampire shows up and now he's going to kill Bella. He instantly wants to kill Bella because Mm -hmm. you know how everyone wants to kill Bella. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Now, I, so, you know, this whole climax happens with this random vampire. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't help but think that this would have been way more interesting in the story if Maybe this was one of the family members who suddenly turns to like, yeah, want to kill Bella. You know, I mean, obviously this would have to rework either characters or yeah. add a character or something, but it would have made it way more interesting if it was someone they had an actual connection to. Then everyone would be more invested. Yeah, there'd be more drama and tension between like the vampires and yeah. this person who's after Bella, and there might be more mo- personal motivation. And mm-hmm. I felt like that would have been a more interesting way. Instead, it's just like a clear cut. The bad guy comes in. Yeah, the bad guy saunters into town. Yeah. But, so this begins the convoluted setup for the final act. Yeah, in which, like, Edward wants to run away with Bella, but Bella is like, no, we have to protect Charlie and, like, my family. And so it's this whole weird setup where... Like, Bella tells Charlie she's leaving, and she, like, breaks his heart. It's very sad. We're all really sad about it. (laughs) And everyone is real broken up. (laughs) And then she goes with Alice and Jasper to Phoenix, and Edward stays to try to kill the tracker, and they try to mislead the tracker. But then the tracker kind of realizes that it's a ploy, and then and, he and so goes he to boards find a her. plane. Yeah, I found it so weird that they got on planes. I know, <laughs> like they're all like normal people. Yeah, they're all running through 
like the woods at super fast speeds like tracking each fight. other. Yeah. And then he's like, I better go catch that <laughs> four four PM flight out of uh, out of Forks. Yeah. And <laughs> so he goes to like find her and then basically figures out where she used to live and is like threatening her and ends up contacting Bella somehow while she's at the hotel with Alice and Jasper. Yeah, because she got a cell phone to communicate with Edward and yeah. he found out the not like I mean it's look so complicated. It's very it's way overly convoluted. <laughs> And I know it seems like we don't know what we're talking about. We don't about. know what we're talking. And we kind of almost don't because <laughs> but that's on Stephanie Meyer. Yeah. OK, like it's just confusing as all get out. It is. It's just and all it just all happens at once. Yeah. And in the book. Uh, so Edward and Bella are separated. Yeah. And in the book and the movie, Bella's staying in this hotel with Alice and Jasper. Yeah. And it's so long in the book. It's so long. And Bella's just like, I'm so sad. <laughs> and Alice is having visions of a ballet studio. ballet studio. And she sees a VCR TV and doesn't know what it means. And spoiler alert, it means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like built up to be this big climax. I mean, they do use this part in the book to kind of cement Bella and Alice's friendship a little which I which, like yeah I do like that but it is kind of boring like it's just the stream of consciousness again of like Bella being like I paced around the hotel room then I like went to bed and was panicking and then I was crying and then <laughs> and Jasper tried to calm me down with his powers and I'm like no <laughs> and so basically you know she ends up the James, the evil vampire, calls her somehow and is like, I have your mom. Like, get to this ballet studio. Or and she can hear, her. like, Bella, Bella, like in the background. Her mom's voice, yeah. And then she gets there and her mom is not there. It's just like an old tape that he her. took from her mom's house. Yeah. And that's like the VCR thing. Yeah. Was, and it was like, I guess, foreshadowing that he didn't have her mom. Yeah. But that was kind of like, okay. okay. <laughs> also, then, can I just say how stupid it is that. Bella went there alone yeah. to save her mom. Like, why wouldn't she tell... Like, if anyone could stop him, it would be, like, Alice, who couldn't see yeah. the future. Like, she, she could has find yeah. out. <laughs> she has seven vampires on her side. Yeah. And just because he's like, now don't bring anyone, she's yeah. like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I won't. So she shows up to this ballet studio. Yeah, and then he tries to kill her, and then Edward shows up, and she's only half dead. And... They kill him, obviously. And it's interesting because, like, Bella sort of, you know, gets knocked around a lot and is sort of, like, not paying attention to what's happening, what's going on, what's happening. So in the book, the whole, like, fight scene and, like, showdown between Edward and James, yeah, like, happens sort of, like, off the page. <laughs> like, in the background of her being like, oh, my... Leg is broken. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my leg's broken. <laughs> Edward. But you like don't get to see really what's happening in this fight. No. It's, in the movie, there's more of like the showdown, which I kind of like. There's yeah, it's fight. It's cheesy. Yeah. You know, he's but like. You, you kind of want it at this yeah. point. You need like, yes, let's see the the fight. Like. Yeah. You want to see the fight. Like, yeah. come on. Two vampires duking it out. Yeah. And plus in the movie, Alice just pops his head off. Oh, she, my like, God. I love that. She jumps on top that. of his head and just pulls it right off. 
<laughs> it was great. And then they're like, they make a bonfire out of him to kill him. Oh my God. And they're like dancing around his like burning carcass. Yeah. It's super you weird. You see Bella in the foreground like screaming. And she's like, she's what? in pain. What the fuck And is then happening? just in the background, you can see like either Jasper or Emmett or somebody like throwing shit onto the fire and just kind of like being around the fire. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the, the big issue is that before he died, James bit Bella. Yeah. And now the venom, which turns you into a vampire, is going through her veins. Yeah. Uh, so we actually watched the movie before I got to this part in the book. Mm-hmm. And so when we get to this part, uh, Carlisle is there. Everyone's there. And he tells Edward, we have you have to suck the venom out of her. Yeah. And he's like, I if I start drinking her blood, I won't be able to stop. And he's mm-hmm. like, you'll just have to. Yeah. And I'm like, why doesn't Carlisle do this? Yeah. He's proven that he's the one with the most self-restraint out of yeah. any of them. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't he suck the blood out or yeah. the venom out? Now, in the book, it makes sense a little bit because um, Bella cuts her head, too, and is yeah. bleeding. Mm-hmm. And maybe this was kind of happening in the movie. And I just. Didn't notice. It was didn't notice it, but mm-hmm. Carlisle was like, "I have to stitch her head up to stop the bleeding, especially if you're going to be draining more of her blood out." Yeah. So I have to do this. I can't be the one to like drink her blood too. Yeah. So basically, Edward's like, "Oh, I'll like put myself to the test and like suck her blood and save her." As cheesy as it is, I do really like this setup. Yeah. As a climax. Mm-hmm. Um. Because it's it, it's a it was a smart way to have this setup that didn't feel too forced. Yeah. Where Edward is like put to the test of like, will he kill her yeah. or can, can he, he resist? Can he resist himself? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he does. Yeah. So. And Bella's OK. She's in the hospital and they tell her parents that she fell through a window. <laughs> she fell down two flights of steps and through a plate glass window. <laughs> How did they explain the bite mark, though? I don't know. It's like, oh, you fell down. And then a dog bit you. And then a dog bit you. (laughs) For good measure. After you were, like, lying on the ground outside a window, a dog just came up to you and bit you. Just started gnawing on you. He thought you were dead. (laughs) So she's in the hospital, and her mom's there, Mm -hmm. and and her dad's there, and Mm -hmm. she's like... Oh, the terrible dream, and you were there, and you were there, <laughs> and so are you, Edward. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and so there's yeah, that's kind of the resolution of yeah, the of she's this issue. Alive, and Edward saved her. Mm-hmm. And they do have this sort of confrontation where she wants him to turn her into a vampire eventually apparently feeling like you're burning alive isn't good enough to experience once you have to do it again yeah, she's like do it to me again <laughs> but yeah she she kind of has talked to alice and alice has sort of admitted that she's seen a vision of bella as a vampire mm-hmm. and bella's like oh that's a coincidence because i would also like to be a vampire <laughs> and you know who can blame her like who can blame her for wanting to be equal to edward you yeah. know, like, oh, wow, it would be nice if I could also run as fast as you, Edward, or like compete with you or I wish I had sparkly skin, yeah. Edward. <laughs> and she's always talking about how Edward is perfect at everything. Yeah. Which is kind of annoying. But like, you know, she wants to be on his level. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. I accept that. And he's like, no, you're going to stay down. And he's basically like, no, I know what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And you don't. She's like, well... We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) We'll just see what happens, Edward. 
<laughs> so then we get the epilogue. Yeah. Um, they go to prom. They go to prom. Uh, uh, we we haven't we haven't mentioned him yet, but Jacob is there. Yeah. Jacob shows up. He's like a minor character in this book. Yeah, he doesn't have much to do. No, he just kind of informs her of some of the vampire stuff. Yeah, the legends. Like the legends, yeah. From his tribe. I will say though, I think this is <laughs> Taylor Lautner's best performance in the series. <laughs> I think it's because he's just like very natural and casual. Yeah, he's not trying to be super serious and like broody and dramatic. Yeah, I think it's later when he has to like turn the intensity up that it just is real bad. Doesn't work. It does not work at yeah, all. Yeah, he's kind of like easygoing and it's just sort of like whatever like i'm young yeah i have long hair (laughs) (laughs) don't get used to it though (laughs) and uh we get uh, a a beautiful dancing dancing scene with uh bella and edward and iron and wine (laughs) and iron and wine that's who i knew i could not think of who sang that song at the end it's a good song it's a really good song i love that song yeah i just couldn't think of who sang it (laughs) that's how much i love it (laughs) um but yeah even like there's a moment at the end where he kind of like tips her over and it yeah. acts like he's going to bite her, bite her. And it's cheesy, but it's it's hard to say why certain scenes work better than others. Yeah. But like this was a scene that I actually was I kind of liked. Mm-hmm. It was kind of giving into that vampire style of movie a little. Yeah. Like that scene with the exposed neck and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. It, it was kind of playful. You knew he wasn't going to do it, but it was still kind of romantic in a more and maybe not as over the head way as yeah. other scenes in the movie mm-hmm. are. Uh, but I thought it ended pretty well. I think so too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's better, the book or the movie? So much as my 15-year-old self would disagree, I'm going to have to say the movie in yeah. this case. Just because, um, and something I noticed when we were watching the movie is there are a lot of scenes that kind of like pan away and show them kind of like laying in the meadow or like sitting in a tree because they sit in trees a lot. A lot. In the movie. <laughs> but they're just like talking. Yeah. And it's not, we don't hear what they're saying but it's just you can see them talking and they're kind of like smiling at each other. And you can tell there's like this conversation flowing. Yeah. And I just like that. I don't know why. This is not the sole reason that I like the movie better, <laughs> but it's one of the reasons. Like it's just kind of like showing that they have this relationship and camaraderie that they can like kind of talk back and forth and mm-hmm. have this like conversation going. Whereas in the book, like they are having conversations, but it's mostly about Edward and about like why they shouldn't be together, why, like, things are complicated for them. And I'm like, I don't want to, like, I am I just want them to have normal conversations. Yeah, yeah. I I appreciated this movie because we love the other ones a whole lot because yeah. they're just so... Silly. They're so silly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're and just kind of non-things. Yeah. It's hard to explain. Like, there's such a lack of style and substance in the later movies. Yeah. Um, but I, I do appreciate this one because it feels the most sincere out of any of them. It does feel sincere. It That's feel, a good word to use. Yeah, it feels like it wasn't an ironic kind of, not that they were ever like intentionally ironic. Yeah. But it felt like the most uh, trying to honestly convey this story and this mm-hmm. love. Mm-hmm. And I, I appreciated uh, the attempt. And I think they were more successful uh, than other films in the series yeah but i uh and just i mean i don't like talking about the 
the length issue yeah a whole lot but twilight is a 500 page book it is and a lot of that is when she's in school <laughs> remember how much you were mad at christine for being 500 pages I know. yeah this was possibly worse for me because although i did find when i was rereading it that i was kind of caught up in this story and i did want to keep reading so even though it was long it still had that quality to it where i like was like i wanted to keep reading for me anyway yeah i just i didn't get that and Mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not saying it's only because of nostalgia that you had that but i don't know i just felt i really had to push myself to keep reading yeah and when we got to the later parts of the book i was more encouraged to continue yeah. when it was out of the high school portion but yeah uh de- definitely movie on mm-hmm. this one i think yeah yeah and i i like the most of the act actresses and actors in it you know yeah yeah i think they do a decent I job i think robert pattinson he's i think he's really whether you like him in this or not i think he's a good actor yeah and Kristen stewart she's in a lot of movies that i like yeah uh, adventureland is one of our favorites mm-hmm. and i think she's great in that yeah and uh, i think she's I think she's good in this one. I think she's fine, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. not not the best. Like no. they're not, you know, amazing performances or anything. No. Uh, Edward has some pretty silly, goofy lines and, and everything. And But most of that is from the book, though. <laughs> it's true. It is. You know, like the whole like lion fell in love with the lamb. So the lamb thing. falls in love with the lion. <laughs> we get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I. I I liked it. I liked watching the movie. Mm-hmm. Although I, I kind of enjoyed reading the book again, too. So, yeah, I'm not going to complain about it too, too much. Well, let's move on before you change your mind. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to lightning round. Lightning round. OK, so before they have their iconic scene in the meadow, Edward is like takes her to through the forest. And when they're about to go into the forest, he takes off his like sweater or like coat that he yeah. had on. And then she turns towards him and he's wearing a sleeveless white button up shirt, but unbuttoned. Yeah. So to it's reveal like a his chest. Sleeveless white button up. What we we had a whole discussion about what this shirt is, which <laughs> it doesn't sound like a shirt. It sounds like a vest. It does. Yeah. It's sleeveless. Now. I think my theory is that she meant like a short sleeved button up. Oh, instead of like, which makes sense. But she says sleeveless Sleeveless, specifically, which is a vest. Yeah. I'm like, what is he a Chippendale dancer? Like he's got it unbuttoned and like showing off his like abs and stuff. But we just had a whole debate about like, is this like some kind of old piece of clothing from 1901 (laughs) that we like don't know what she's talking about? It seems so small, but we were just like, what? Wait, what? What What, is this shirt? What is she describing? I don't I don't get it. (laughs) Okay, so just to fully this, I thought was there's a lot of silly parts like talking about the romance and their love. Yeah. But I I loved this key part. It's right when they're starting to really be attracted to each other and Edward's like following her around. Yeah. And this is their dramatic. uh, Goodbye. Goodbye. Classroom. Goodbye. Um. He walked me to my next class in silence and paused at the door. I turned to say goodbye. His face startled me. His expression was torn, almost pained, and so fiercely beautiful that the ache to touch him flared as strong as before. My goodbye stuck in my throat. He raised his hand, hesitant, conflict raging in his eyes, and then swiftly brushed the length of my cheekbone with his fingertips. His skin was as icy as ever, but the trail his fingertips left on my skin was alarmingly warm, like I'd been burned, but didn't feel the pain of it yet. He turned without a word and strode quickly away from me. 
This is Edward walking her to gym class. <laughs> that, so dramatic. That entire scene was him saying goodbye <laughs> when she goes to gym. It's amazing. I love that it's part. It's so dramatic. It's so great. <laughs> oh my gosh. So in the movie, they keep like showing Twizzlers in the movie. Yeah, Twizzlers like definitely sponsored this movie. Yeah, there's a scene where the the kids in the parking lot are like throwing Twizzlers at Bella to like get her attention. Yeah. And then they like go to the beach and then they're eating Twizzlers in the car. And, and she's like, like, you want a Twizzler? Want a Twizzler? And she looks at the, no, she doesn't. <laughs> Twizzlers, a great snack. <laughs> but yeah, it was like, they, they were in there twice and I'm like, definitely yeah. sponsored. Yeah. Uh, that's actually it for the lightning round. Yeah, I think that's it. I think there was so There's much. Just, it's all ridiculous in some way. It's all tied into the movie so much in the book that yeah. we've covered most of the funny things we wanted to talk about anyway. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, what about a butt crack Santa? Oh my god! Yes. So uh, in the movie, thank you. Wait, why is he butt crack Santa? Because like you would always see his butt crack. Oh, I forgot that. Tip. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was when Bella's back in town. Like everyone's weirdly small town nice to her. Yeah. And this one dude comes up. He's like, "Remember me, Bella? Like you sat on my lap when I was Santa." Yeah. And her dad's like, "That was when she was four. <laughs> and then one of the like waitresses in the diner is like, "Butt crack Santa or something." <laughs> and then he's the one that gets killed. <laughs> yeah. And I was, and it wasn't until like two scenes after his murder that I was like, "Wait, was that the Santa guy?" <laughs> I was like I guess that explains why because before then I'm like why Why is this scene in here why was this guy there and I guess it was just to establish him before he was eaten by vampires (laughs) I'm glad you remembered that yeah (laughs) okay Uh, so that's it that wraps it up for us so I hope you guys liked this episode we really enjoyed doing Twilight reading it watching it and so if you guys really like it please let us know because we will do the other ones we will will do the other ones (laughs) (laughs) I'm saying now before I chicken out I will read and watch the other we could have three more episodes yeah so let us know if you like it yeah and we'll do the other ones Um, if you want to let us know what you think yes. about it, mm-hmm. uh, you can follow us and tweet us on Twitter at cover two credits. That's with the number two. Mm-hmm. Or you can email us at cover to credits pod at gmail.com. Uh, send us other suggestions of things you want us to cover or your thoughts on any of the episodes we've done. Mm-hmm. Uh, just anything, you know, is is great. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, find us on Facebook, too. We post a lot of updates on there, new episodes. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us to uh, get some more listeners if mm-hmm. you say that you like what you hear. Even if it's just a star rating, just click that five star and that's mm-hmm. all you have to do. You're done. You're out. No commitment. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll uh, see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.